<laughs> the Big Do Review Halloween Hello everyone and welcome to the Make Do Review Halloween Spooktacular! <laughs> My name is Jack. My name is Emily. And today on the Make Do Review podcast, we are reviewing Stanley Kubrick's The Shiny. Very excited about this episode. Such a good theme. It is a very good theme. How are you today, Emily? I'm not doing too badly. It's my brother's birthday today, so we're feeling good. Happy birthday, Jack. Happy birthday. Thank you for letting us use your studio every week. <laughs> so, we are talking about The Shining. Released on the 5th of October, 1980, with a runtime of 2 hours and 26 minutes... Directed by none other than Stanley Kubrick, cinema's mastermind. Written, obviously (laughs) obviously adapted by Stephen King's novel, The Shining. And the screenplay was done by Stanley Kubrick and Diane Johnson. Did you know that Stephen King actually wrote a screenplay for them and they decided not to read it and they instead wrote their own screenplay in 11 months yeah and even though they did that they changed it every day yeah. <laughs> so it got to the point where like actors like jack nicholson uh just stopped reading the script he would only read the script on the day it was given to him because stanley kubrick kept changing the scenes mm. that's mad isn't it can you imagine doing that on set yeah, I think the most interesting thing about this film is actually the behind-the-scenes stuff yeah, uh, and what Stanley Kubrick uh, put his cast through, like the, like the actual horrors that they put them through, mm. and especially Shelley Duvall. Oh, yeah. Which reminds me, starring Jack Nicholson as Jack Torrance, Shelley Duvall as Wendy, Danny Lloyd as Danny weird enough and <laughs> of course Scatman Crothers is Halloran the chef so what did you think of the film Emily I am in two minds when I first saw this film many years ago I absolutely loved it it was really creepy it kind of freaked me out and there was a lot of things about it that didn't quite make sense which I think just added to the tension whereas having watched it again the acting in it is phenomenal i mean watching them quite rightly be absolutely terrified and frustrated was amazing but i don't find it as scary and i think it might be because i've watched it before i know what's coming so that tension's not there anymore Mm. what about you um bit of a controversial opinion coming up here so hold on to your hats. I think this movie's really overrated. Uh, right. <laughs> uh, straight out, I it's not scary. It's some. It's just it really drags as well. Mm. We watched it last night, and I was really struggling to actually finish the film because I've seen it before, and I think it's legit a one-time film. Yeah, I you, think you so. watch it once, and even when I the first time I watched it, which was actually not too long ago. I was still a bit like, is that it? It's, it's okay. The best thing about this film is uh, the cinematography, the score, uh, and Jack Nicholson, really. Yeah. Um, I, you know, and it doesn't get good until the end. It's such a long process, which I guess is the point. It's meant to show, uh, like, how long they're actually, like, there for. You know, they're there for five months. It's supposed you, to drag that out. I tell you what surprised me, actually, is obviously it has quite a long intro with um, Jack getting the job and Wendy at, with Danny and the whole doctor having to come and see him because he's, like, blacked out. Mm. 
so that process I felt was quite dragged out but once they arrived in the hotel and it got shut down I feel like it they changed and things got more dramatic quite quickly and that might it might be because they for some of the days they would only show like little snippets but I felt like it got quite fast paced at that point and then it reached the climax area and it slowed down again yeah it does it It does a bit yeah because almost straight away like it's the first day and jack's already acting slightly strange so i felt like it almost kind of like went a bit fast just to get over this period of time and then it got into the big bit and it slowed Mm. down again yeah like i said it's essentially it's kind of a simple plot yeah it's it starts off with the character jack torrance he goes he takes this like what was it, like a three hour drive to this um, mountain peak hotel yeah um and um he's there for an interview to um be the caretaker of the hotel while it's closed down over the winter and then, you know and obviously he's like but this is like this would be like the perfect location for like skiing and stuff. So I don't understand why it's closing down. And then there's they say like, oh, it costs. I actually costs a lot more money to keep this place open because we need to clear the roads every day yeah. because of the snow. Uh, we get really bad winters here. So he's there to make to make sure everything's still running, like the power and the boilers and repair you know things. repair things if they break and all that stuff like that. They're just there to look after the place. Mm-hmm. But he sees this as this great opportunity for isolation uh, to do his stories. Meanwhile, um, Wendy is back at home with Danny and Danny has this little uh, bit, he says, a little boy that lives in his mouth. And um, when the Tony. Li- Tony, and when the little boy talks... He comes uh, up with a little finger, which you were saying. He, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, apparently the Lloyd came up with. Yeah, Danny Lloyd came up with that in his audition when he does the, you know, like Danny's not here. Yeah, and, you know, like he did that on the spot, which is quite impressive. the The stuff about this kid during the whole like process of this film is actually really amazing stuff. I know he's like a little boy, and this is his first feature, like first film, I think. And he's like doing all this like on the spot stuff. It's it's really impressive, mm. uh, but yeah, he he's got this uh, thing called the Shining, which mm. uh, he meets someone else who who is um, uh, Halloran, the chef. He's got it too when they go to the hotel. Yeah, and he explains that you know it's like a secret gift. You know that mm. his grandmother called the Shining. So the reason why they they notice that is because before when when Wendy and Danny are at home whilst uh jack is out for his interview danny has a blackout because tony shows him stuff in he, the hotel he he's asking he's asking da- uh, like tony um why do you not want to go to the hotel and, he, and he's like please show me please tell me and then mm. he does and then yeah he, yeah so it's that's like clips from what's gonna happen you yeah know? and then when they're getting shown around the hotel when they first arrive um uh halloran and Danny have this telepathic kind of exchange, mm-hmm. which then Halloran explains to Danny when they're alone yeah. about The Shining. Yeah, and yeah, and then it's pretty much just a psychological horror thriller for the rest of the movie. It's like you know, it comes up with the title cards, what day it is, and then mm. Jack's slowly and like you know, like creepily getting more and more like distant from everyone else mm. and then he starts like saying really weird things and you know and then obviously all hell breaks out loose but the yeah. thing is it, it the way i see it is it's a simple plot but it's got all these different like hidden themes and you know like possibilities and you know like people have made different theories about this film there's like so many different theories about the ending so this is the thing people argue well is it psychological or is it supernatural yeah exactly but we'll get to that um when we get to that point um so yeah you saying you enjoyed the film but you don't know if you enjoyed it as much as you did the first time you saw it i think i think the first time i saw it 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 was kind of scary and the tension and everything whereas now because I know what's happening, I'm looking at it more as an actor and being like, wow, like, look at the way they're playing that character and knowing the background uh. of what happened on set, like, behind the scenes and stuff. Mm-hmm. I have a new appreciation for the film, but it's not necessarily for the film itself. Yeah. 
I could see that. In a nutshell. <laughs> okay, so now this is your spoiler warning. Uh, if you have not seen the film, go watch it now. Come back and uh, listen to us talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, spoiler warning starting now. You're listening to the Make Do Review. Okay, straight off the bat, I want to... I want to say this, um, Shelley Duvall, when I first saw this film, um, actually before I saw this film, the f- everyone said the same thing. Shelley Duvall is probably the worst thing about this film or whatever. Her acting's not great. You know, she's playing alongside Jack Nicholson. It's not as good. But actually watching it the second time now, I actually, I don't see it anymore. I think she's actually pretty good in this as well. Yeah, so do I. She's not as bad as everyone says. Like, maybe at the ending she does get a bit, like, over the top. But that's just because if you know what happened, like, during the filming process, like, Stanley Kubrick, like, properly drilled her. Like, he wouldn't, you know, he he would make her do, like, a hundred takes of something every time. And they used like scream at her, like just to get it right. And then by the when it got closer to the end, they actually resented each other. They hated each other. And it got to the point where Shelley Duvall's hair was falling out, and then she actually got sick uh, during the filming. Like she was actually bedridden. And you know, and you you have to like give it up for her, you know. And even like Jack Nicholson said, no one could have done that, you know as well as she did because it's probably the hardest role that any any female actor or actor could ever do i think that i can see why people will get bored with that character but you have to remember for the majority of the film she is the only one that is of sound mind her child's yeah got this tony thing and he's got the shining and her husband's going do lally and they're stuck in this cab this hotel just the three of them for five months and things are happening to her child and she's trying to come to her husband and her husband's going off on her. So, although she might seem annoying, you have to think of it in respect to the fact that she's the only one of sound mind that is trying to cope with these two characters and she just doesn't n- seem to know what to do. And it's not until the end where she's clearly terrified, but she's like, right, we've just got to get Danny out no matter what happens. So, yeah, I... I can see why you think maybe she's like, not you personally, but people would think she's like a boring character, but she's like the level playing field, as it were, in the spectrum of craziness. Yeah, it's crazy because obviously like both Jack Nicholson and Shelley Duvall have both came out and said like, um, like how much people like praise Stanley Kubrick for this film and they don't really give any recognition for anyone else that was a part of the film yeah because even though like stanley kubrick is he's like the puppet master you know he's the director he's in charge but all this stuff all the shit and stuff that he put the cast the crew and everyone through you know they don't really get any like recognition for it which is which is kind of like it's, it's kind of crappy but I, I think nowadays i think people can see in a appreciation you know the Mm. first thing you think about this film is jack nicholson yeah probably what i find interesting as well is obviously they put the actors and the crew and everything through such a hard time but for danny they made it out that he was just starring (laughs) in a drama to stop him becoming too scared in real life he stanley kubrick like was like so overprotective of uh danny lloyd uh the kid uh, because this was his first role and he wanted him to be as happy as he could. So there was like scenes like, you know how the kitchen scene where, uh, you know, Scatman Crothers and Danny Lloyd are talking and they're having ice cream. Apparently they did that in like, what, like maybe like a hundred takes and it put like Scatman Crothers and like, like he was really over the edge with it. He, he was getting emotional about it because he could he, like he couldn't handle it anymore. And then they're going up to Danny and going, "Are you okay with this? Is this okay?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'm cool, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, I can keep going. You know Did what you I mean? Ice cream? You know, obviously, because like you said, a, a really great thing last night is when it comes to kid actors, their imagination isn't like breached. You know, it's not limited. It's yet. not limited. So they're just sitting there, and you know, they can come up with anything they want. You know, it's 
sometimes it's quite amazing what kid actors can come up with on the spot because you know all they ha- they may think it's real as well mm. and uh yeah i don't think uh this kid gets enough credit i no. think he's like fantastic in the film see that shot where um it's him and Hallaman. They're having kind of the same vision. They're in separate places, though. And, yeah. And Danny is just kind of shaking and, like, foaming at the mouth and, like... Yeah, drooling. it's creepy, yeah. And, like, just... The, like, I don't know how old he was when that was being filmed, but mm. to be able to do that so intensely, like, if you watch the clip... Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. What would you say was your is your, like, favourite moment in the film? I hmm, I really like the shot of Danny when he's on his bike. His big wheel. His big wheel. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. But I I oh my gosh. I also really love that um that thing of where Jack is in the bar and in the gold room and it's completely empty and he uh says about how he'd give his soul for a drink and then he mm-hmm. kind of looks almost slightly behind the camera yeah and starts talking to this person lloyd about how it's dead tonight and you as you pointed out it looks like he's making a joke to himself like there's no bar man it's a bit slow tonight because there's slow tonight hey lloyd and then uh, yeah (laughs) and then the camera snaps back and he's actually talking to lloyd yep uh it's very clever that was just so clever Mm -hmm. yeah so i really like that shot as well that moment what about you it's gotta be the bit where at the stairs and uh, she, uh, Shelley Duvall swinging the bat at Jack, mm. and he's just like, "Oh, it's just so impressive, Jack." Like I, I, I'm assuming that must have took like a million takes or whatever, just because even like the most simple shot would even make them do like a hundred times. So mm. I wonder how many times that must have took. But ah, uh, legit. It's my favorite. I know a lot of people will say the most iconic scene is probably the the bathroom, you know, with the oh, yeah. with the axe. But that's my favorite because that's like the beginning of it. Mm. And he's like, "Darling, light of my life." <laughs> I have to say this earlier in that same scene where um, Wendy is looking through his manuscript and is mm. just seeing All pages work and no pages blade, and pages. Me, Jack and all boys. Yeah. And that the shots showing her looking through them lasts for quite a while, actually. It does, yeah. Um, and you just see the on her face her slowly getting more and more terrified. And I think that as an actress to have to hold that for so long and slowly oh, yeah, it's, get it is more a long and show, more yeah. disturbed. Well, I that like, was a beautiful shot. As I well. like the little details of like the manuscripts where it's like sometimes it would say like yog or like oh, instead yeah, of boy, like well. little mistakes, which I think is quite good because it's on a typewriter. Mm. obviously and then and it makes you think did, does someone actually have to type oh, all those yeah, pages out how annoying would that be but also the <laughs> fact that it although it had those little mistakes in it the layout of each page was very different. precise yeah and a different yeah so they'd obviously had to show that jack had <laughs> i i, I wouldn't be surprised if that was just the typewriter like the person doing that like they're going crazy and they're doing it as oh, quick yeah. as they can so it starts to get a bit messy you have one hour yeah, yeah like maybe maybe it, it, it was probably like a last minute thing where they're like i want like a hundred pages of all it says is i'll work and no playmate jack and dull boy and then like right um you know set designer quickly do that and then they're like ah, okay <laughs> we're rolling in five minutes yeah 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 um but yeah um it's my favorite scene because you, you just see him like slowly and slowly like descend into madness oh yeah even with uh you know shallow duvall she's even like going crazy as well like she's like just swinging this bat around and he's like give me the bat give me the bat um that's my uh yeah i think it's so it's just so great you know, I I just love that line when it's just like, it's like I'm not gonna hurt you. You didn't let me finish my sentence. Yeah. I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains in. <laughs> um, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, I just I just think this film, if you're going to watch it, I think you have to watch it. Do a bit of research behind what actually happened on set first, because I feel like it will make you appreciate it more. And also just really take the time to appreciate the acting in it because it is quite a simple storyline. Really, it's a storyline about someone getting cabin fever. Um, yeah. But 
that's when there's this argument of supernatural versus psychological. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, it's... I don't know. I... It's one of those things, because um, people, like, there's, like, so many theories about this film, and there's, like, little tiny details and, like, what I would consider mistakes, but obviously it's been said, like, mm. everything that Stanley Kubrick does is not a mistake. It's intentional. You know, like, there's, like, videos out there on YouTube about explaining the layout of the hotel and how it doesn't make sense. Mm. Like when Jack is going into uh, the interview room in the first, you know, in the first act, um, it doesn't make sense because when he goes in, there's a window, but behind it, logically, should be another hallway. So stuff like that, you it just makes you wonder, like, yeah, was that just a set mistake and they just didn't realise, or is was it intentional? Like, Yeah, like I, I read another one just before we started recording. Yeah. That, um, apparently anything electrical that should have wires coming out of it and stuff doesn't have any wires um so nothing with electricity is plugged in so again is that just a set thing where they were like oh it's just a tiny little detail i wouldn't like we won't bother with it it's too much hassle or was it done intentionally (laughs) yeah like you know i don't know i I never noticed that so i think that's quite the only time that it it kind of made me notice but i was like oh it's probably just like a uh not part of the story but it's probably just um oh my god a technical thing was you know when danny is now kind of possessed by tony and he sat there having breakfast and um when uh, wendy's the, like you just sit here watch and watch, a ca- watch yeah watch cartoons you notice that it never shows the tv on but it, it also doesn't have like the flashing like lights and, and stuff on his face which you would get if you're watching tv but i just thought oh that's probably mm. just a technical thing but then in an earlier shot where Danny goes off to get his fire engine, they're watching TV. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, in the hallway. So it's like, is it technical or is it, like, purposeful? I don't know. Mm. I think the turning point is that scene where Jack is locked in the uh, storage cupboard and the ghost of Mr. Grady seemingly opens the lock. Which is what you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, like, um, shout out to a channel called Dead Meat, which I love. Um, he has a show called The Kill Count, and he did one recently for The Shining, um, where, like, there's this whole, the, like, there's, like, a line where it's slowly creeping over from reality and, you know, disbelief, it, or, or reality and supernatural. So the whole film pretty much makes it seem like it's just what they're seeing. Like they're 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 all going crazy. So they're seeing stuff. Like uh, Wendy, she doesn't see anything till right till the end, yeah. which shows that she's lost her mind as well. Yeah. Whereas like Jack is seeing stuff from almost from, like from the beginning, and obviously Danny can see stuff because he's got the the shining, so he mm. can see all these supernatural beings but there's also things like you know like danny gets hurt from the woman yeah so he gets physical but it doesn't show it so was it just danny it hurt himself you know or was it the woman that hurt himself so kind of that's bridging the line it's kind of like it's ambiguous you know it's like we don't see it so we don't know what actually happened so it still could be in reality but then there's the scene where he's locked in the storage cupboard, like the fridge or whatever. And then he starts talking to, um, is it Garson? Um, uh, Mr. Grady. Mr. Grady. Mr. Grady. <laughs> um, yeah, he's on the other side and he's like, you're doing a terrible job at this. You know, she's got the better of you. And he's like, uh, for now, for now, she's got the better of me. Give me another chance. And then he opens the door. Yeah, which was even though Grady is not real. (laughs) Yeah. So that's the I would say that's like the one time where you know that's where it's supernatural because it Uh, yeah breaks reality because like who opened the door? Yeah, because it wasn't Danny or no um, Wendy. No, and there is supposedly no one else there. Exactly. So it just shows like you know Mm. I don't know. And actually, talking about um that YouTube 
channel. There is only two deaths in this whole film. One yeah. which is Halloran and then Jack. Jack Torrance himself. So for a horror film, it definitely is more about the psychological rather than Yeah, exactly. It's not about, violence. It's not about gore or violence or anything like that. Well, I mean, there's some gore, but um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I Some of these theories out there just seem a bit like, eh, I don't know. I, I don't think they meant that or... I think it is just that, but that's the one scene where I'm like, oh, okay, maybe it is like supernatural and, mm. you know. And we have to, of course, talk about that photo at the end. You want to talk about it now? We can bring it back. <laughs> okay, we'll talk about it now. Um, so, yeah, at the end, obviously, you know, Jack, you know, dies, he freezes to death. Um, after chasing Danny through the maze and he gets lost. Fun fact, Jack fact. <laughs> um, it's my new segment called Jack's Facts. Jack's Facts on other Jacks. Mm. Uh, on other Jacks, yeah. Um, every time they filmed in that maze, they kept, like, cast and crew would keep getting lost. So every so often there'd be like people shouting in the maze, going like, "Someone please help me and like find me." <laughs> so they, you know, it was very difficult to film in it because it was a real maze and they kept getting lost in the maze, mm. which I think's hilarious because you can just imagine that, especially when they're doing like all these like, you know, in the winter shots like at the end, mm, um, in the dark. In the dark as well, you're like, oh my god, <laughs> that'd be quite creepy. I'm lost forever, and yeah. I'll end up like Jack. Exactly. Um, but yeah, uh, at the end, it pans through the hallway, and it's getting closer and closer to this photo. And it's, uh, I think it was like a July 4th, 1921, um, you know, in the Golden Room, like, mm. party. And we see right at the front is uh, Jack Torrance, uh, holding the sign for is it the overlook hotel it's the yeah yeah uh 1921 you know and he's got this massive crowd of of people, people in yeah. their 20 you know the 20s closing. yeah exactly because the film's not set in the 20s obviously mm. um so obviously that you know it's obviously the ending's very ambiguous it's yeah. for people to figure out and and to you know make up their own decision what's happening so what what what's your opinion of the ending like what what do you think actually what what do you think it means i'm in two minds because there's the comment that mr grady makes to jack when they're in the bathroom about how he's you've always been the caretaker yeah you've always been the caretaker Mm -hmm. so then i'm like well jack's clearly jack when he was fine clearly wasn't the caretaker (laughs) so what does that mean in relation to the photo i i think it's more a case of uh, he's been taken by the hotel. Because, you know, when Wendy's running through the hotel and she gets to that point where she starts seeing all these skeletons of people. Yes. And Halloran has hinted that there's been bad stuff that's happened and good stuff that's happened, like, over the hundreds of years that's been there. Mm-hmm. I feel like the fact that Jack died on the premise and he was taken over by the hotel, mm-hmm. that he's... The fact that he's in this photo is the fact that his soul was sold... Well, because even when he gets a drink, they say, oh, it's on the house. And he's like, I want to know. Your no good here. Yeah, I want to know who's buying my drinks. And they say, it's on the house. I think. Oh, it and he means... says it's not your concern at the moment. At the moment. I think it literally means that his soul has been taken by the hotel. And the fact that he's in the photo now shows that his soul is a part of the hotel. It's trapped there. I... Forever and ever and ever. <laughs> and ever and ever. Uh, actually we'll get back to the we haven't even spoke about them uh we'll get back oh, to that. yeah um actually we haven't even spoke about that whole backstory uh but i totally agree emily that is a hundred percent what i think happened yay you know it's he's he says at the bar i would sell my soul for a beer uh then all of a sudden that's when he starts seeing people yeah you know that's when he starts seeing like the hotel's past and all that and obviously he tries to pay the first time and he says, how's my credit? He's like, your credit's very good, sir. So he doesn't pay. And then the second time he goes to the party, it's a full party. Oh, yeah. You know, the that's 1920s the 1920s party. party, yeah. And, uh, yeah, he comes back, he tries to pay, and he's like, your money's no good here. And mm-hmm. uh, he's like, well, I wa- I'm the kind of man who likes to know who's paying for my drinks. And he, and he goes, that's not your concern. 
for yeah. the time being. The house is paying. The house is paying. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and then he's just like, okay. <laughs> Goes off, does a little dance, and then he bumps into Grady. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, who is obviously the who he figures out is the past caretaker. He's like, yeah. I seen your name in the paper. You chopped your wife and children to little bits. This is this, I think, is where he starts. You can see that the fact he recognizes that there's still a little bit of Jack that's not quite gone yet because he recognizes yeah, yeah. the guy in the story. He's still there. But then he easily kind of gets taken away into this whole thing of, oh, I I need to do something about my family. Mr. Grady's right, type thing. Yeah, he's he's like, my family are still here. They're just running about somewhere. But it's your family you need to take care of. You know, your boy is bringing... He says a bad word. Um, mm. <laughs> yeah. uh, but he's like he's he's taught he's communicating with um halloran yeah uh and he's like you need to do something about this and he's like well what would i do and he's like you know you need to correct them yeah the way he says correct i love it correct them um yeah it's a great scene when they're in the toilet and, and he, he's just that's that's him getting told you need to take care of this, your family. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, that's the way I see it. The, he, but he did the exact same thing, uh, Grady. Where so now, but he's like, but you've always been the caretaker, you know. You've always been here, you know. Um, and he even uh, Grady says, "I've always been here." Mm-hmm. So now he's saying to him, "You've always been here." You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's the way I see it. Yeah, he said he would sell his soul then there's people he's seen people and stuff i have to say because obviously dr sleep is coming out soon which we will on the 31st of october tune in because we will be reviewing it on that day we're gonna go see it on the 31st and then review it and upload on the 31st halloween but what i was gonna say is i'm so intrigued to see what happens with this whole shining thing because at first, Tony seems like a really creepy thing and ooh, spooky. But Tony seems to be the one that's trying to protect them in some ways. Yeah, he's not a bad person. He, he, he's not influencing. Ah, yeah, because the doctor says that at the beginning. Mm. It's like, does he tell you to do stuff? And then he's like, no. No. But then, but no, actually, I don't think he, sa- he says, I don't want to talk about Tony anymore. Yeah. Um. So. But it's making out like he's going to do bad stuff. But he doesn't. It does. He actually helps him. Tony seems to be the one that helps. Yeah, because he's saying, I don't want to go to the hotel. The I yeah. don't want to go. And then he's mm-hmm. the one that kind of gives the message of murder with the red rum. Red rum. Yeah, and is trying to show Danny why he shouldn't go to this hotel and things like that. Mm-hmm. So The Shining is obviously different. I think The Shining isn't necessarily bad. It's the hotel that's bad. Yeah. Like, Whereas when I first watched the film, I felt like Tony was bad as well. No, I his uh, no. but yeah, um, uh, back to what I was saying. But yeah, I I totally agree. He gave his life to the hotel. He died in, from the hotel, and now he's a part of the hotel. Mm. So the next person that comes to care takes it. They'll go through the same thing, but they'll see Jack this time. I yeah, say. I think so. Yeah, that's the way I see it. You know, um. But yeah, that was that was a great point. How Wendy's walking through the hotel, she starts seeing stuff, and then she sees like the dead bodies in the party room and stuff. So that's a really good point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, we totally glossed over the whole side story with Grady. So essentially, oh, yes. at the beginning of the film, he's like uh, the the owner of the hotel is like, "Uh, did, have you heard about the stories about this place?" And he's like, "No, no." And then he's like, "Well, essentially, our last caretaker." Uh, went through an episode and went crazy and got an axe and killed his two daughters and his wife. So it's that whole kind of thing. That's why he starts questioning him, like, how do your family feel about this? Will they be okay? Are you going to be okay? And all that. And he's like, yep, this is this is a great idea. Yeah, yeah my I, wife's I, a fan of the horror novel. She loves horror, so she, you know, she could tell you anything about that. Which is a weird detail because it doesn't really, they don't go any further with that. 
I know. I you do see like books in her in yeah, the house and stuff. I wonder but, if it's yeah. maybe just a nod to the fact that this was based on the novel. Maybe it might have been, uh, but yeah. So he kind of warns him about that, and then uh, so yeah, and then uh, even at the very start, Danny gets the vision of the hotel. He sees the blood coming through the elevator, mm. and then he sees the twin girls. Yeah, you know, and it was that iconic like shot where the camera's following Danny when he's in the hotel and it's like on his big wheel and he's like he's just tracking him and then he's going through the halls and then boom round the corner two little girls twins or whatever holding hands come play with us Danny forever (laughs) yeah Um, so that's like that's the the haunting of the hotel let me ask you this mm-hmm. who do you think the woman in the bathtub is because at first i thought maybe it was grady's wife yeah same but here. why is she in a bathtub because why is she young and then old yeah all i can think is that really be- confusing yeah. because halloran said to danny that over the hundreds of years there's been good oh, things yeah. and bad things that have happened oh maybe that's what it is. is that maybe she's like just an a woman that drowned in the bath or some something. Maybe. So she's, she's just one of those people. But she is in the room. 237. Two, which isn't the actual room in the book. No. They changed it because the hotel uh, didn't have, had the number of the book of the room. Mm. Uh, but they didn't want it to like affect their sales or whatever. So they changed it to a room that they never had. As if anything happening in the rest of the entire hotel wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. But um, so the thing is, Halloran's also scared of room two three seven because Danny picks up on that, and Halloran's like, "Don't you know you have no need going in that room?" So I'm not entirely sure what the significance of that room and the women in it is. But it's when he goes into that room that he gets physically hurt. So, yeah, and the book it's two seventeen. Yeah. What about you? What do you think about the woman? The woman, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's at first because I was like, yeah, it's, it's a younger woman, so maybe it was his wife. Uh, and then, then I was like, wait, no, because he killed his wife with an axe as well. So why is she in the bath? But now you've like opened my eyes a bit. And then he was just like, things have happened. Like, don't go into room 237. So that's obviously maybe another story from, like, the past. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I don't I don't know if it's she gets young and then she gets old. I think it's more of she. that's the way she looked. And now this is her, like, deformed body from, like, like being in, like, old, dirty water for, for her, her. I don't know. It, mm. Yeah, it, it's a weird scene. It, it's, like, a really creepy scene, actually. Because you just see Jack going into the room and then he has like, like that, that scared look and then he slowly brings a smile. And it's just weird. Yeah. It's like, even I, I, I feel uncomfortable. Like, like scenes like that where it's just like, uh, like oh. But even the way the woman moves. On. Yeah, like it's really creepy. Her, yeah. It's really she like. She must have been cold. Yeah, it's really, <laughs> it's really slow, mm-hmm. really smooth and like really yeah. calculated. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, so even the way she does that is really creepy as well. Yeah, it's a bit because after he goes in, but then he goes back to obviously he's so ashamed of what he's done. He goes back to the rooms like I didn't see anything. There was no one there, mm. um, and then he starts like kind of pinning the blame on Danny, like maybe he hurt himself and all that. Um, yeah, but I, I don't know. It, it's. Are you finding any theories online? Uh, no, I'm trying to stay away from theories because I have my own theory and I think that's it. <laughs> I am right. I, I'm sticking to my gut. I'm not saying I'm right, <laughs> but I feel like if you just keep going into theories and stuff, you start going like, oh, I don't know. You know, mm. I, I do like watching, I do like when um directors come out and, or writers come out and like on youtube channels or whatever and they discuss like fan theories and stuff because most of the time yeah. they're just like oh yeah i totally meant that <laughs> like yep that yeah i meant that or they're like no that's ridiculous yeah so most of the time it's 
it's probably a lot more simpler than you think. Yeah, I think so. You know, but I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it was like uh, I watched Jordan Peele talking about Get Out, and I think it was when someone was like, when the girl's eating the cereal, but she's eating it separate from the milk. Do you remember that? The white separate from the colours. Yeah, it? but then he was like, Nah, I just wanted to eat it in a weird way. Yeah, <laughs> I think it was. I think he was. He said that he was like, uh, he, he, someone was like, yeah, she's separating the weights from the colors. It's like, oh yeah, that's great. Uh, I just wanted to, yeah. <laughs> to eat her in the weird way. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those moments where it's like, oh, I wish I'd thought of that. Yeah, but it, it works, you know. Yeah. It definitely, <laughs> definitely works. Yeah, so I think there's probably a lot of stuff like that in this, like yeah, like you said that the TVs were unplugged. I never noticed that, but I didn't either. Yeah, so thankfully. you you could be right. It could be true, or it is just a set design flaw, and they never noticed. Or they just didn't bother and think no one would nitpick. I know they're probably just like. Oh, God, there's no plugs. There's <laughs> oh, no well. plugs on this set. <laughs> oh, well, just leave it. <laughs> um, uh, another big shout-out I'd like to give um, was the the soundtrack, the opening theme to this oh, film. Yeah. Um, it's such a great shot. It's like panning through the hills and going through the waters and the lakes and all that. Um, ah, It's just good. Um it was uh, written by Wendy Carlos and Rachel Ekind. Sorry if I mispronounced that. Um, ah, it's based on Dream of Dream of a Witch's Sabbath from. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, as if you like recognised it. And I, I know. Like, I, I, I thought it. I thought it was going to say something really interesting. I was like. Oh wait, no, doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, such an iconic shot um, and an iconic theme. The doom, doom, mm. you know, it's great. Which is what was playing at the beginning of this podcast. Yeah, um, the sound overall, like when he when Danny's riding on his big wheel, and there's the contrast of the riding mm. over the rug and then riding on the hard yeah. riding over rug. It, it's yeah. quite impress. It's like really impressive stuff. You know, like the sound editing is really good. Yeah. Um, Oh, that's another thing. Like, some of the editing's really weird <laughs> uh, in this yeah. film. Some of it's, like, great, and then there's just so many crossfades at the first act. But I feel like that might be just a, re- a reflection on the editing style of the time. Maybe, but I don't know. <laughs> it just, it really bothers me. Like, it, there's so many crossfades, and they happen, like, so suddenly, and I'm just like, oh... It could be. I mean, this is probably me just diving in too deep, but the fact that it happens in the first half where things are kind of normal is the fact that it's just like a gentle crossfade into the next scene. Whereas once things start going a bit crazy, it's like cut to black, 8am, cut to black, cut to black. Cut I to do black. like, yeah, the title cards. That's cool. So it's a yeah. more, so it becomes a more aggressive. Cut this this is, a, is a weird nitpick. I hate the font they use throughout no, the same. whole film even like the title card oh for god. the shining when the title ca- card came up i was like oh my god that's like it's so bad it's like neon neon blue like times new roman kind of thing Word art style oh yes yeah, yeah. uh i don't know if it's it might it, oh, i'm assuming it's intentional like he wanted that but it does not look good you know like why didn't they uh, i don't know questions questions that may never be answered it's true um so emily uh give me your final uh, rundown and opinion on the film and what would you rate it out of five stars so my final rundown is that this is a great film if you've not seen it before um to kind of do your research and watch because i feel like you'll appreciate it and have so many questions and things Mm. um uh but maybe watching it after that it, it kind of loses that sense of tension and things because you know it's going to happen. But it still leaves me with lots of questions and lots of theories and things that we just don't know. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, it is a great film to keep watching because I feel like you can just keep picking up on new stuff and coming up with theories. Yeah. Um, and the acting is something to be to be admired. Um, so I think I will probably give it like... Out of five, 
probably like a three just because it is fantastic but as a horror film now it just doesn't really scare me yeah so average average i could see that but for the acting and cinematography and stuff probably five but as the film as Mm -hmm. a whole for the storyline yeah not so much yeah fair play um for me it's a it's a bit of a weird one when i first watched it i was like this is the most overrated film i've ever seen it's not that fantastic um but i still appreciated like the direction the cinematography the soundtrack uh jack nicholson um but i hated everything else i thought it was too long um it's really dragged out all the interesting stuff you want to see is like pretty much at the end Mm. um you know you want to see jack go crazy and all that but Mm. you know obviously you got to build suspense but i don't find it suspenseful you know i'm never on the edge of my seat i'm never like creeped out Mm -hmm. the only time i am the film did creep me out is the bathroom scene yeah because it's just uncomfortable it's like you know i don't want to see that um but my favorite thing about the this film is definitely it's just the behind the scenes stuff Mm. like for the scene where jack's breaking down the door um the props department made like an easily breakable door like a really thin door but um, because uh, Jack Nicholson worked as a volunteer marshal, he could, like, tear it down like, one swing or whatever. Yeah. So then they had to actually get a real door for him to actually swing at. (laughs) Um, And apparently it took, like, three days to make that scene and, like, it took, like, 60 doors and all that. Um, You know, I love that stuff, like, to get the Jack agitated, the fed him cheese sandwiches even though he hates cheese sandwiches it's you know and Shelley Duvall and Stanley Kubrick's hatred for each other by the end of the film like her, like how she actually put herself through so much exhaustion because he was really pushing her uh, the stuff about Danny Lloyd about just how like they were really overprotective with him and mm. you know I love all that stuff because it makes the film more interesting whereas I feel like the final product and i'm not the only one that thinks this because at the time it was not well received oh really yeah like people didn't think it was a good film Uh, and there's loads of films like that see when you think about like classic films most of the time they're not well received at first like the apparently the greatest film of all time is the shawshank redemption but that did not do well at all and it wasn't until it came out in video that it became well-loved and received. That is strange, isn't it? So it's stuff like that. And obviously, it's pretty much the same thing with this film. As time went on, it became more loved and appreciated. And then people realized how actually amazing it is. So what would you give it out of five? Um, yeah, so... Yeah, I, let me finish my point. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So overall, I love the... the the filmmaking aspect of this film and i love jack nicholson uh and i and i, and I like all of the characters uh i do think that maybe uh, shelly duvall gets a bad rap but she gets a bit iffy by the end of the film um mm. but yeah i still believe this is kind of an overrated film like people would say this is their favorite horror film of all time it's not scary it's not i don't find it suspenseful i don't find it like all that creepy or whatever yeah but all the technical stuff like the blood coming out the elevator it's such an impressive shot the foot they made the maze and they made the hotel different sets and all that it's incredible to look at like the set overall is just amazing it's it's so well done Mm. um but yeah like overall i'm yeah i think i'll give it a three as well i'll give it like you know three uh dead twins in the hallway (laughs) (laughs) you mean triplets yeah or maybe i'll give it two just to make yeah two twins and the dead twins in the hallway (laughs) (laughs) just to round it out yeah just to make it sound better um but yeah i don't hate the film but i think it's so overrated i think what what we're saying basically is 
check out the behind the scenes facts about there's like documentaries about it uh there's one called room 237 Mm. and there's stuff about the film and it's so much more interesting yeah i feel like watch the film with doing research about the behind the scenes and i think that makes it better exactly because what stanley kubrick was putting his actors through and the cast through and like his different methods of like filmmaking and direction is more interesting than the final product i would say even yeah. though it's a it's a good film but i get it i get why people love it and stuff it's it, like it's really it's just such a it's a well-made film but it's mm. i think it's a bit dragged out and i don't I, like yeah, i don't I like the opening you know it's really slow anyway I digress. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for listening to yes, our podcast. And I'm, we are so sorry that uh, we missed last week. We were on holiday. We've been doing a lot of traveling and we thought we could squeeze one in, in between yeah. traveling whilst also working. Yeah, it, 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 it got a bit too much for us. Uh, we were like on holiday for like two weeks. We went to Alicante and then we went to Venice. Uh, we had an amazing time, but now we're back. Uh, we're back for the spooky season. Uh, tune in next week. We won't give it away what we're going to do yet, but tune in next week and tune in for the 31st uh, of October. We will, well, where we will uh, review Dr. Sleep. Uh, I'm excited, actually. Now. I'm excited, which is why we were doing The Shining. Um, so hopefully it's a good film. I'm excited for it. I've tried. I've not watched too many trailers. I watched one because we're in the cinema mm. and it came up. But uh, I'm trying to keep it as ambiguous yeah. as I can. Um, but yeah, uh, if you have any recommendations for us, please email us at the mate do podcast at gmail.com. Follow us at the mate do review on Twitter and Instagram. I was going to say, if you have any theories of your own, let us know on social yeah. media what you think as well. Please, we're always active on social media. Uh, we will try our best to message, uh, but we probably will because we don't have too many fans yet (laughs) spread the word about the podcast yeah exactly please um subscribe uh available on spotify and itunes podcast and our provider tune in um but thank you so much for listening my name is jack my name has been emily and is still (laughs) emily i don't know why i said that (laughs) and uh yeah, that will do. That will do. Mm-hmm.